the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. God's commands and understanding the heart underneath it all. Next, on Times of Refreshing. Sometimes I wonder if we haven't, in order to avoid legalism, swung the pendulum too far to the other way and have avoided God's law altogether. Yet Scripture constantly and consistently, Old and New Testament alike, speaks of God's laws and commands as something good. So where do we find the balance? Well, that's what we're about today here in Deuteronomy 4. Join us. This is Times of Refreshing from The Well a Christian community here in Livermore, California. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verses 5 through 8 is where we find ourselves today. Here's Pastor Napoleon Kaufman now with this edition of Times of Refreshing. The title of of, of this message today is God's Commandments, Our Wisdom and Understanding. And you'll see where I'm going with this. God's Commandments, Our Wisdom and and understanding. You know, the children of Israel came out of Egyptian captivity, and it was ama- and it's amazing. When you read your Bible, you read the book of Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, and you see the history of the God of the universe with a people who were not a people, who were called out of Egyptian slavery and bondage. And you see God revealing himself to these, these individuals in just such a miraculous way. It's just It's amazing. You think about the Red Sea. You think about the plagues. You think about his provision. You think about all the things that he did in preparing a people, really, in a lot of ways, to be a nation in the midst of the nation, a nation that was different than all the other nations. And so God, he demonstrated his power. He showed them his, gave them his his presence But one of the things that we oftentimes we overlook is the fact that God gave them laws, statutes and commandments that would cause them to really to really be different than than every other nation. Realize that even with pagan cultures, there was demonstration of demonic powers and things of that nature. So the miraculous wasn't something that was new to the Egyptians or to the uh, to Israel because they had seen power displays, but it was God's commands his laws, his statutes, those were the things that caused the nation of Israel to really be different. And you're going to see Moses here reiterating this and causing, from from our standpoint, from a New Testament standpoint, causing all of us to see that when it comes to God's commandments, they are not evil things. A lot of times when we think about commands, laws, rules, statutes, we're thinking legalism. Not truly understanding the depths of God's wisdom and understanding that he's trying to impart to us so we could have a great life and enjoy our life and keep ourselves from a lot of the demonic and a lot of the ungodly things that is really uh, that are really tearing up people's marriages and their lives. 
And so it says here in verse 5 of Deuteronomy chapter 4, it says here, Surely I have taught you statutes and judgments, just as the Lord my God commanded me. He says that you should act according to them in the land which you go to possess. He says, therefore, be careful to observe them for this. Look at this. He says, for this is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the peoples who will hear all these statutes and say, surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. For what great nation is there that has God so near to it as the Lord our God is to us? For whatever reason, we may, be, we may call upon him. Then he says this, And what great nation is there that has such statutes and righteous judgments as are in all this law which I set before you this day? This is powerful. He says his statutes, his commandments, he says these things and things of this nature are wisdom and they are understanding. But a lot of times we don't see them as such. We want God to give us, to give us the, the depths of understanding of, of what this is all about. Realize that they were called to be separate from the rest of the world. Christianity, inherent within Christianity, is going to be separation. That there are going to be times when you're going to be the only one that's practicing God's principles on your job, sometimes in your home. Uh, around, you know, acquaintances. Sometimes you're going to stand out like a sore thumb. And all of us have to be willing to accept this as fact and realize that what we're doing is not a matter of legalism. It is a matter of wisdom and it is a matter of understanding because this is what God wants us to do. Separation is not a bad word. Bible tells us to be in this world but not of it. You can be around people. You can love people. You can enjoy people. You can sit down with lunch with people and still be different than them, even though in some cases you may get a chance to, you know, enjoy them or hang out with them. And that's something that people should see. You know, what is it about you that that causes people to be drawn to you? What is it about you? It should be your difference. When I know on a personal level, when I was thinking about coming to Christ and I was wanting to give my life to, to Christ... One of the things that I knew is that I wanted somebody that I saw actually practicing the principles of God and was different than everybody else. I said that talked about God, wore a cross around their neck, but they were in the club partying, doing the same thing that everybody else was doing. I didn't see any way out by their lifestyle. But when God showed me someone that was different, it drew me to them because it provided hope for me that if God can change them, then God can change me. Amen. And so for all of us, we have to think this way. When we're thinking about God's statutes, his commandments, we're thinking about his judgments, we should think separation, but we should also think wisdom and understanding. And so this nation, they, from an Old Testament standpoint, implemented what God had given them. And as they begin to go forth with God, they stood out, they were different, and people around them, the nations around them, knew that there was something different about this nation. And it's the same thing with us. From a New Testament standpoint, understand, we have to understand that through Jesus Christ, it's built in within the covenant, is separation. And I'm going to keep saying this, is separation. You're different than everybody else. You have God's spirit dwelling on the inside. 
You have been forgiven of your sins. The blood of Jesus Christ is in your life. He has given you the divine nature. He's given you the, the, the spirit of adoption. He causes us to understand that there's something different. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become, have become new. This is my lifestyle. This is the way I live. And I'm not ashamed of that. Amen? Look at your neighbor and tell them, you're not ashamed of that, are you? Some, for some people, they are ashamed of that. They listen to the naysayers. They listen to the people that, well, you think you holy now. Well, yeah, I think I'm holy now because God who is holy is in my life. And if God, if God is holy, he's making me holy. And he's working. Can I have an amen? There's nothing wrong with saying I believe that God is, he's making me holy. He's made me holy in this sight. There's nothing wrong with that. And so we have to embrace this. But right now in the land, there is, and just like I said about other things, there's an assault on holiness. If you try to live right for God, you're trying to do right for God, to do what's right in the sight of God, and you don't run with the rest of the crowd, then people begin to criticize you and try to make you feel guilty for practicing God's principles and adhering to his commandments and his laws. And for us as saints of God, we've got to learn that what we're doing is just not a matter of, you know, is not just a matter of obedience to God. It is a matter of wisdom. It is a matter of understanding. It is a matter of wisdom. It's, it's wisdom when you think about the things that God has set forth and, and established in his word. About fornication. About lying. About stealing. About defrauding people. Things of that nature. It's, it's wisdom to keep yourself from those things. Why? God's trying to protect us. A lot of times we don't see God's commandments as a, as a, as a matter of protection in our lives also. I, I, I'm telling you, we have more fun doing obeying God because you're not riddled with guilt and shame and depression because we know we're not doing things that we should be doing. Your conscience isn't keeping you up late at night. Why? Because I've learned to value God's commands and I realize that being obedient to him is a matter of wisdom and understanding. Amen. This is what he established with them. And this is what he's trying to establish with us from a New Testament standpoint. Go to John chapter 14. I want you to see this. John chapter 14. The Old Testament had requirements and had laws, statutes. But realize when Jesus Christ came, he came to establish a new covenant that also has, has laws, that has commands. And he's still looking for, for obedience from a New Testament standpoint. And so when you look here, we're going to see something that really is, is, is such a blessing. Verse 19 on down to 21. John chapter 14, verse 19 on down to 21. It says, a little while longer and the world will see me no more. But you will see me because I live, you will live also. At that day, you will know that I am in my father and you in me and I in you. Look at verse 21. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him and manifest myself to him. This is very powerful. And so from a New Testament standpoint, Jesus Christ now is talking about commands. Similar to what we, 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 we saw in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 4. 
The New Testament isn't commandless. God still has a standard and he still has statutes. He still has things he wants us to adhere to and abide by so that we can be protective and we can show the world about wisdom and about understanding. But we also have to see our obedience to the commandment of God as a matter of love, as a matter of love, as a matter of love. He says in verse 21, he who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. I have God's commandments, but now I keep them. And so a lot of times we we hear the word and we think that we're off the hook because we heard it. We don't get off the hook until we obey it. Amen. And so what we want to do is from a lifestyle standpoint is realize that it's wisdom, it's understanding. But it also it also is a matter of love for me to keep God's commandment to receive him and then keep it. And he says, and he who loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him. And then I love this. It says, and I and we and I will manifest myself to him. Do we really want the manifestation of God in our life? Do we really want him to show us who he is, to unveil himself, to peer back the veil and cause us to see truly who God really is? God has to reveal himself. But one of the reasons, one of the ways in which we get God to reveal himself is to obey God's commandments, to keep his commandments, to love the son. And as a result of that, the son begins to manifest himself to us. This has to be a heart, saints. It has to be a heart. Obedience is not a bad word. Can I have an amen in here? It is not a bad word. It is a good thing because God wants us to be wise and to have understanding in the earth. It is a sign of our love when we obey God. Do you love God more than you love sin? Think about it. Do you love God more? At some point in time, our love for God has to trump any temptation the devil brings our way. Our love for God. We have to get so in love with God that it doesn't matter what the devil tries to bring before us, what kind of carrot he tries to dangle before us, our love for God has to trump any temptation. That he brings. And this is one of the things that baffled me. I can remember when I first got saved and, and I just, you know, in the environment that I was in, there's so much temptation, so much, so many things going on. And I sat down and I talked to my, one of my teammates and I asked him, and I will never forget this. I asked him, I said, man, how is it that you don't get caught up in all this stuff and sinning like the rest of the guys and doing stuff? And I thought he was going to say, you know, something profound and powerful and deep. And, man, an angel was right there on my side, and he keeps me from everything. You know, he's got a flaming sword, and every time temptation comes, he whips him. You know what he... No. He said to me, he said, you know, you know how, how I keep myself from all this stuff? He said, what keeps me is my love for God. He said, what keeps me is my love for God. I just love God too much, man, to let, you know... This robbed me of my relationship. I just love God too much. Isn't that powerful? Doesn't that speak? This is what he said. I just love God too much, man. And it always stuck with me. Go to John chapter 14. Let's look at, let's look at, uh, let's look at verse 15. Go up to verse 15. Look what it says here. He says in verse 15, if you love me, he says, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth, who the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. 
Then he says this, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Verse 15, if you love me, keep my word. This is what he says. Commandments, God's statutes, his law from a New Testament standpoint. Jesus is speaking here. It's not a bad thing. It's wisdom when we keep his commandments. It is understanding when we keep his commandments. But at the end of the day, it is also a matter of our love for God. And we show God how much we love him by our willingness to be obedient to him. A lot of people profess to love God and to know God with their mouth, but their hearts are far from him. And none of us will truly know how much we love God until the devil sends us, sends something our way as a temptation. And we're willing to turn around, turn away and say, no, I'm not going to do it. Why? Because I love God too much. I love God too much. Doesn't matter. This has to become our perspective and we have to see this the right way. You know, commands for the New Testament church was not something that was foreign. Now in the 21st century with the church now, everybody's saying take the limits off. Where the Spirit of God is, there's liberty. Not realizing that though you may think you are free, you can be bound by your flesh. And I'm going to get into that. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I'm only going to get into this because sometimes we think that, that if anyone gives us any kind of boundaries, that it is a matter, like I've been saying, of legalism. No. Sometimes it's really liberty. Go to John chapter 15, and we're going to look at verse 10. Because not only do I love God and I want God to love me, but I want to abide in his love. I want to abide in his love. Look at verse 10. We'll look at verse 9 and 10. It says, as the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Isn't that awesome? I mean, think about this. Jesus was a man who was under authority. A lot of times we don't, we don't understand that. That Jesus Christ in his ministry, he was taking commands from his father. He says, I don't do anything except I see my father do it. He understood the power and the wisdom and the understanding that was associated with God's command. And it kept him safe in the way as he's going through and ministering salvation or, or preparing a way of salvation for us. And so for us, saints, we got to get it in our minds that even Jesus Christ, he respected God's commands and he was a man that was under authority. All of us have to embrace this and appreciate this. But I love what he says. If you keep his, my commands, verse 10, you will abide in my love just as I have abide, just like I've kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. I want to abide in the love of God. I want it to be my resting place, my dwelling place. I want God to be happy with me at all times. Can I have an amen? I want God to be happy with me. I want God to look down at me and say, that bald-headed little guy right there, I just love him. That's what I want God to say. But I want God to say that about all of us. Part of the way in which we abide in God's love is we learn to keep God's commandments. We learn to align ourselves with him and see it as a matter of wisdom. To see it as a matter of understanding. Amen. Go to Acts chapter 1. I want you to see this. Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1 verse 1 on down to 3. It says, The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. 
until the day in which he was taken up. After, look at this, after he through the Holy Spirit had given what? To the apostles whom he had chosen. To whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Before Jesus Christ ascended to the right hand of the Father, the Bible says here that he, through the power of the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles. This is a New Testament standpoint. We don't hear about this enough. We talk about the old covenant commandments. We talk about those. And we know what Jesus did to institute a new covenant. But we don't realize that with the new covenant, here it is again. For 40 days, he sat there, and before he left, he said, this is what I want you to do. This is what I want you to do. I want you to do that. I want you to stay clear of that. I want you to do this. Why? Because just like the nation of Israel, now for us as the church, a nation in the midst of the nations, we are called to be different. We are called as people of God to go forth and to show the world what true wisdom and understanding is all about. And how do we get this? Because God has given us commands. He's given us commands, and we should embrace this and thank God for them. Amen? Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 17 on down to 19. It says, But as God has distributed to each one, as the Lord has called each one, he says, So let him walk, and so I ordain in all the churches. Was anyone called while circumcised? He's talking about? The Jewish nation, people that were Jews who, who had experienced circumcision. From, from this standpoint, this is the context here. He's saying if anyone was called as a Jew or circumcised, he says, let him not become, become uncircumcised. Was anyone called while uncircumcised? Now he's talking about the Gentiles. This is the context. He says, let him not be circumcised. He says in verse 19, circumcision... Is nothing and uncircumcision is nothing, but keeping the commandments of God is what matters. Amen. Because I think what happens is from an Old Testament standpoint, we see that the Jewish nations, they were required to be circumcised as a sign that they're a part of the nation. Okay, and that God is sign of the covenant. And so what happens is. A lot of times we can take, if we're not watchful, the very laws that God has caused us to implement and establish, and we can make them God, and we can take the life out of what the original intention for the law was all about. And I think this is something that we have to be watchful for when it comes to Christianity. Because you can come in here, and, and sometimes we do this, saints, we, we can get really religious we get so religious and we start magnifying um, things that aren't necessarily biblical commandments, but they're traditions, you know. And, man, I'm going to get into this, but this is, this is a problem, you know. We say, we'll say, you know, things like, you know, women can't wear makeup or they shouldn't be wearing pants and, and all this other stuff that's not even in the Bible. Can I have an amen? That's tradition. And then if somebody is, is, is wearing pants, we think that they're not saved. They're not saved, see? You know, she Jezebel. She got lipstick on. The devil is a lie. 
can I preach on this today? And then, but that's not even in the Bible, right? And then what we'll do, we'll magnify that. And then it's a shame. But, but then the same people that are calling other people Jezebel and, and the ones that don't wear makeup are the same ones that will cuss you out in the parking lot. But they don't say nothing about that. They don't say nothing about The same one gossiping and backbiting. But because they look the part, they look the part, but at the end of the day, whether you're wearing makeup or wearing jeans or whatever, you, if you're not being obedient, then, then we're all guilty, amen? The issue here is obedience to the commandments of God. A production of the Well Christian Community, this has been Times of Refreshing with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman. As we close out our time together today, we trust and pray our time together has encouraged you in Christ, has encouraged you in your walk and relationship with Him. If it has, we'd love to hear from you. Now, there are a couple of ways you can get a hold of us. By phone, of course, the easiest, 925-292-7800. Again, you can reach us at 925-292-7800. You're also welcome to write to us. Address your envelope to the Well Christian Community. 2333 Neeson Drive. That's here in Livermore, California, the zip code 94551. Of course, you can always stop by our website. You can learn all about us at thewellchurch.net. That's thewellchurch.net. You can even take advantage of a few links, one of which will take you to our Facebook page. Or if you're on Facebook, simply look for The Well Christian Community. Don't forget, as you visit our website, take a moment and drop us an email. Let us know you paid us a visit. You can also follow Pastor Napoleon, by the way, on Twitter. His address, at Napoleon Kaufman. All one word, at Napoleon Kaufman. We thank you for spending time with us again today and look forward to seeing you next time we get together as we continue looking at God's Word for times of refreshing. Until then, may Jesus Christ be highly exalted in your life and may He bring you a peace that passes all understanding.